Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. Who's excited to do some fasting? Not, not everybody raised their hand, but we had a few. <laughs> well, Tuesday begins our 10 days of prayer and fasting as a church. So you got like less than 48 hours to get excited about it. We're not doing this as some kind of religious ritual, so let's get that out of the way. That's not why we're doing this. You know, there's a divine purpose that drives our commitment to pray and fast. I'm going to talk to you about that today. You know, No Limits Church is called by God to make Owasso a safe haven until Jesus comes. And this assignment requires us to become a church that's committed to prayer and fasting. No shouts for that, huh? You're like, hey, so what are you saying? We're going to pray and fast more than once this year? You know, or we can just be a social club, like most churches in America. We can come in once per week and engage in our surface level conversations and enjoy a nice time together. (laughs) Man, something tells me that's not what you guys want. I think you'd rather this be a place that resembles the church that we find in the book of Acts. Yeah? Full of God's power and just explosive multiplication going on, right? Well, then convenient Christianity must come to an end. Oh, man. (laughs) We must transition from people who are committed to convenience to people who are committed to crucifying the flesh. (laughs) Praise the Lord with great enthusiasm. You know, it's quite curious how the American church somehow got away from fasting. (laughs) And even prayer has become an afterthought for the American church. We love our music. We love our preaching. But prayer, mm, we'll just use that as a nice transition to get from one part of the show to another part of the show, if we even pray at all. Can you believe that almost every church service in America these days is void of a genuine time of prayer? Isn't that wild? I mean, how did we get there? That's crazy. Didn't Jesus say that this would be called a house of prayer? Not a house of great preaching or a house of great music or a house of worship, but a house of prayer. Where is the prayer gone? Where did it go? Somehow we've lost our sight of prayer and fasting. Do you think that that has anything to do with the lack of God's power that we see in the American church? Do you think it has anything to do with it? you think there's a connection there? So I'm calling you to 10 days of prayer and fasting, and this is not a casual recommendation. You know, just kind of do this if you want to. Like, that's not what this is. This is a sincere request from the pastor that God has set over this congregation, calling you to a time of 10 days of prayer and fasting. I'm calling you to the spiritual battlefield to do what it takes to see God's power in operation in our midst. And you know, there's not one of us that doesn't need to fast. How do I know? (laughs) Because of all of our round bellies. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing with you. There's not one of us that doesn't need to fast. I know this because there isn't one of you who isn't frustrated with the lack of results from your faith. Not one of you. 
You want to see the sick healed. You want to see the dead raised. You want to see the demon possessed cured, not just here and there, but every single time, every day. And the key to getting there is prayer and fasting. And this is a scriptural truth. I'm not just making this up. In Matthew chapter 17, we find that the disciples were unable to cure a demon-possessed boy. Then Jesus showed up and he took care of it for them. Sometimes don't you wish Jesus could just show up and take care of it for us, right? But afterward, the disciples asked Jesus, why couldn't we do it? After all, they had been casting out demons and healing the sick leading up to this failed encounter. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So what was the problem here? Unbelief, right? Unbelief. So let's dig into the original Greek word to make sure that we understand. And the word was Apistia, which was translated to unbelief, and it means unfaithfulness, faithless, want of faith, unbelief, weakness of faith. You know, Jesus also said in that same scripture, all it takes is a tiny amount of faith, faith as a mustard seed, right? For nothing to be impossible for you. It doesn't take much. But in this instance, the disciples found themselves faithless. They wanted faith. They wanted to have faith, but they were without faith. And Jesus said, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Many have assumed he was talking about this kind of demon. Have you ever thought about it that way? Was Jesus saying this kind of demon doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting? But that ta that's taking it out of context. He was actually saying this kind of unbelief does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Hmm. So what kind of unbelief are we talking about? What kind of unbelief? Nobody brave enough to answer? Doubt. That's a good answer. Fear. That's a good answer. Laziness. Do what? Ah, there it is. The kind you don't know you have. Hidden unbelief. How do we know this? Because the disciples were completely unaware that they had unbelief. That's why they had to ask Jesus. They thought they had faith. Jesus, why couldn't we cast out the demon? The unbelief was hidden. They had no idea that they had it. So when we think we're operating in faith, but we fail to see the results of our faith, there is hidden unbelief. Hidden unbelief. And the only way to uncover and deal with it is through prayer and fasting. Could it be this simple? And that's why I'm calling you to 10 days of prayer and fasting because every single one of us has hidden unbelief that needs to be dealt with. Amen. Amen. And it needs to be dealt with in order for us to fulfill our God-given assignment to make Owasso a safe haven until he comes. Do you think we can pull that off if we're walking around with hidden unbelief? No. So since fasting is kind of a lost art in the modern world, <laughs> to say the least, we've got to discuss what fasting is and what fasting isn't. Otherwise, these 10 days will not generate the results that we're looking for. So what is a fast according to the Bible? This is going to blow your mind. Are you ready? I'm going to put the definition of fast on the screen. Are you ready? Drum roll, please. Fast. 
to abstain from food. Clap. Come on, everybody. Woo! Would you know that the word fast in the Bible means to abstain from food? Nice and easy, plain and simple. Americans don't like to abstain from food, so we make it a little more complicated. But abstaining from food is really all there is to it. Do you know what we have in common with the people who lived 2,000 years ago with Jesus? What do we have in common with them? We eat food, and we like it. Did you know they did the same thing 2,000 years ago? They ate food, and they liked it. But you know what's changed? Back then, it was actually a part of their regular lives to go unsatisfied because they didn't have the abundance that we have here in America. They didn't have an endless supply of meat in their freezer and satiating foods. So if they needed to fast food back then, not go eat fast food, if they needed to abstain from food back then, how much more do we need to abstain from food today? I'd venture to say it might even be more effective now because food has such a hold on us, even though we like to pretend that it doesn't. Uh-huh. So now that we know what a fast is, let me give you several things that a fast is not, because this is going to help us get on the same page. Because sometimes when something's so simple to abstain from food, we need a little more clarification still. So I'm going to help you out. A fast is not a kickstart to weight loss. You are going to lose weight on a fast. You will. But if that is your focus, you're going to miss out on the purpose of fasting. You're going to lose weight, but you're not going to get rid of your hidden unbelief because your focus is in the wrong place. Wouldn't that be a bummer? So forget the weight loss. You can do that later. This is a fast, not a weight loss plan. A fast is not a different diet. There's a popular fast called the Daniel fast. That's the one that I did last time we did 10 days of prayer and fasting. However, when you do your biblical research, which I did as I was in the middle of the Daniel fast, I found out something I didn't like. <laughs> I found out that it, this wasn't really a fast for Daniel. It was actually a lifestyle change for Daniel. So it really shouldn't be called the Daniel fast because it's not a fast. It should be called the Daniel diet. Surprisingly, I thought about food more on the Daniel fast than I normally do. It also took more time for me to cook meals and plan meals than I would normally spend. Doing, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of a fast? There's nothing wrong with the Daniel diet. <laughs> I'm going to call it that. There's nothing wrong with the Daniel diet. If that's how you want to eat, go ahead and eat that way. Just don't call it a fast. It may sound like I'm picking on the Daniel fast. And I am. <laughs> I really am. It's an American cop-out. We don't want to abstain from food, so we created an alternative. To clarify, if all you're doing is swapping one food out for another, it is not a fast. It's a diet change. Next one, a fast is not abstaining from fill in the blank. The latest version of an American fast is choosing anything other than food to eliminate. <laughs> this is funny. Sorry, I'm sorry, this is funny. We fast social media or video games or TV, and I'm not saying those aren't good things to abstain from. Actually, that's a great way to enhance your fast. It's just not a fast. So a fast is abstaining from food, plain and simple. 
anything you abstain from could be, anything else you abstain from could be considered a fast enhancement. Or maybe something that you shouldn't have had in your life anyways. Right? So since this is so fun, we're having so much fun right now. I want you to look at somebody next to you and say, aren't you glad Kate is clearing this up? <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. This is the best sermon Kate's ever preached. Be what? One of the top ten. You're not going to put it all the way at the top, though. A fast is not to motivate God. Many people fast to try to get God to do something. That's not the purpose of fasting. Fasting doesn't move God. He's not the one stuck. Fasting also doesn't move the devil. He's not the one with the problem. You are. Fasting deals with my unbelief. Fasting deals with my unbelief. Let me put it to you another way. Fasting doesn't move God. It moves us to a place where we can receive from God. Fasting destroys the flesh's hold on our lives so that instead of operating out of the flesh, we operate out of the spirit. After all, the only power that Satan has over you is the seduction and manipulation of your flesh nature. That's all he has. So if you shut the flesh down through fasting, you've shut Satan down. So this reveals how fasting helps cure our unbelief. Fasting fulfills what's already been done in Christ. The flesh has been crucified. It has no right to dominate or rule over you. So put it in its place. Amen. So now that we're clear on what a fast is and is not, I need to take you to Isaiah 58. Let's turn there together. Isaiah chapter 58. We're going to discover how to ruin your fast. Isn't that a good thing to know? Because I mean, how many of y'all want to get to the middle of your fast and then ruin it? I don't. So let's turn there together. We're going to read the full chapter, Isaiah chapter 58. I'm reading out the New Living Translation. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, this is fun. <laughs> this chapter is really good, by the way, because it starts off sounding all positive, and then <laughs> you'll see. <laughs> Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. <laughs> I thought we were gonna. I thought this was gonna be like a good praise moment here. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just find that comical. Y'all ever read the word and just like laugh at stuff like that? You're like, wow. All right. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you. They say, why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. <laughs> I'll tell you why, I respond. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. 
just to tie this into one of my points earlier, we could just say, it's because you're fasting to lose weight. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is that what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. This is the kind of fasting I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will reply quickly. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight at the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. So based on this chapter, here's a list of things that can ruin a fast. Fasting to please yourself. Fighting and quarreling. Talking about others' sins. Going through the motions. Refusing to help others in need. you do any of these things over the next 10 days, you might as well have not fasted because you ruined it. See, aren't you glad to know what ruins a fast? I am. But in the same chapter, we get a list of benefits of genuine fasting. Salvation comes. Wounds quickly heal. We get clear direction from the Lord. Divine protection. Quick response from the Lord. Who wants that? Restored strength. And the ability to rebuild cities. That ought to resonate with you. That's awesome. That's so good. The benefits of fasting are enormous. Not only are we going to discover that hidden unbelief and eliminate it, but we're going to experience everything on the screen. All of this by simply abstaining from food. Wow. Wow. Would you be willing to give up food for a little while to experience these things in your life? I hope the answer is yes, because the benefits 
we receive from fasting are far superior to the enjoyment that we get from food. At this point, I imagine you're a bit concerned about abstaining from food for 10 days. I mean, that is a long time. But don't worry, I'm going to explain how this is completely doable. But first, a little trivia question. Does anyone know the longest recorded fast in the Bible and who it was? 40 days. Jesus. There's three others that did a 40-day fast. Do you know who those are? Man, Moses. Who else? Joshua. Who else? There's one more. Not Noah. A great prophet. Elijah. Up in the air. It seems as if Jesus did. That's a great question, though. I just don't have the answer to that because it's not clear in the scriptures. Well, that's incredible. 40 days, and that makes 10 days not seem so bad, right? I'm already helping you out. One more trivia question. What's the most common length of fast recorded in the Bible? We got a seven, we got three. One day fasts were the most common. One day. From, can we do that? <laughs> From sunup to sundown, one day fasts. And that's something that we're going to talk about later because I believe it's something we need to bring back to the body of Christ is a one day fast. Because there's so many times that our breakthrough is just hiding behind a one day fast. But we... We refrain from fasting because we think, oh, it has to be 21 days or 10 days or whatever, when all we need is a one-day fast and we'll have breakthrough. We'll discover that hidden unbelief and get rid of it. Don't diminish a one-day fast. It's the most popular fast in the Bible. Now, here's something that's really going to help you out. The most common way to fast, as found in the Bible, is from sun up until sundown. And that's what I'm going to recommend that you do for these 10 days. Drink water only from sunrise to sunset to align with a biblical fast. You know what? And we're in the middle of winter, so currently this is 7.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Just wait till summer. It'll be a little more intense then. Certain people should not do this. If you're pregnant, nursing, kids under 18, and anybody with a health condition where fasting would be dangerous for you. But to make this clear, what we're really doing here is 10 one-day fasts back-to-back from sunrise to sunset. See? See? Now, if you want to fast the whole time without breaking your fast at all in the evening, you're, you're welcome to do that. I'm not saying not do that. So as we fast, we must not forget that this is 10 days of prayer and fasting, all right? If you forget prayer, you just had 10 days of hunger. Congratulations. Fasting empties us of our fleshly nature, but we don't just need to be emptied. We need to be filled with the presence of God, right? That's why prayer, that's what prayer accomplishes, and that's why we fast and pray together. So during these 10 days, take the time that you'd normally be eating or preparing food and pray instead. That's why the Daniel fast didn't work very well, because I was spending more time preparing food than I normally would. For example, if you're at work, you could spend your lunch hour in the car praying, right? 
We are hosting three prayer gatherings daily here at the church to help you develop a discipline of prayer throughout these 10 days. And I encourage you to commit to showing up to at least one of these each day. It's just, it's going to help you with your discipline. How many of y'all need help, some help with discipline? Yep, that's, that's what this is for. So we'll be here at 6.30 a.m., we'll be here at noon, and we'll be here at 7 p.m. And each of these prayer gatherings will last for one hour. One hour. You can stay longer if you would like. And let's say you can't make it to the whole thing because you only have a one-hour lunch break, so you're going to be late and you have to leave early. That's fine. We still want you to come. You can come in and, and go out as you need to. On top of this, set aside some time at home to pray. You can pray in the car on your way to and from work, right? Take, find every bit of margin in your schedule and pray during these 10 days. When you'd normally pick up your phone to pass the time, a good old Instagram scroll, right? Instead of doing that, pray. When you'd normally watch TV, you could pray instead. You should just pray every chance you get during these 10 days because it's just for 10 days. Like, you can do this. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do this. Now, if you're not used to praying, you're going to be like, well, what am I going to do during all that time? Praying, right? I'm going to give you a few things to get you started. Here's a list for you to get you started. You can praise God for who he is. That's considered prayer. You can recount all the good things that he's done in your life. You can just sit there and think about all the good things that he's done in your life. You can pray for your spouse, your kids, your grandkids. Pray for other believers in the future of our church. Pray for our city government and our school system. Pray for the peace of Israel. Read the Bible and talk to the Lord about what you're reading. Don't just read and pretend like he's not there, but like he's actually sitting there reading it with you and ask him questions when they come up. Sit quietly and listen to the Holy Spirit. Did you know that prayer is a two-way, it's a conversation. It's not a shouting at God session. He wants to talk to you too. So you got to be quiet so you can hear him and pray in the Spirit. And I'd say most of all, pray in the Spirit. Because when you pray in the Spirit, you can be confident that you are praying God's perfect will. Because it is the Holy Spirit praying through you. I'll be spending most of my time praying in the Spirit and listening to the Holy Spirit because He will lead me into specific prayers and He'll even take me to Scripture to confirm what He's saying to me. Yes, you should definitely have a journal or a paper handy because the Lord will be speaking to you through these 10 days and you need to write down what you believe you are hearing from the Holy Spirit. Even if this is new for you, be like, I've never heard anything from God. You're gonna have this, this little knowing on the inside of you, this is the Spirit of God speaking to me and you need to write it down when that happens because that's how you learn to hear his voice. You can go back to your journal and be like, oh, that really was the Lord because then he can take you to scripture and confirm. You know that everything that he tells you in the Spirit, he can confirm with the word of God. And you can ask him to confirm it for you. Say, Lord, I want to know that this is your voice. Take me to scripture and show me where it aligns with scripture. And if you're new to praying in the spirit, this is a great time to mature the gift that you've been given. Even if you only have a couple of syllables, you can expect for your prayer language to expand over the 10 days. You just have to use it. How many of you all, whenever you got your gift of praying in the spirit, had a few, just like two syllables or maybe just one? Yeah, look around the room, several and just a few of you tell me, how long did it take for you to kind of like expand your language? Years. A month? You got to use it. It's kind of like a, a kid learning how to speak in English, right? They, they, have, to, they have to fumble and, and sound silly for a while, and then eventually they can speak clearly. And if you've yet to pray in the Spirit, you say, I've never even done that before. I don't even know what it is. I want you to spend some time during these 10 days asking God for the gift 
of praying in the Spirit because I can tell you when you ask for it, He will give it to you because He doesn't withhold good gifts from His children. This is a very good gift. And you simply receive the gift whenever you ask Him for it, and you got to cooperate with what He's given you by opening your mouth and speaking what you hear kind of stirring in your spirit. As silly as it may sound, you have to, open, you have to cooperate with it. He's not going to take over your mouth. He's going to wait for you to cooperate. And as you cooperate, a flow begins to happen from your spirit into your mouth. I don't know how it's hard to explain, but you'll know whenever you get there. It's, it's a flow. It's time to uncover and eliminate the unbelief that prevents us from ministering as Jesus did. Don't you agree? Isn't it time to just eliminate that, that nonsense so that we can set the captives free and heal all who are sick? You know, the only thing that stands between us and fulfilling the greater works that Jesus told us that we were going to do is hidden unbelief. That's the only thing that's standing in the way. And thank God, prayer and fasting contains everything we need to get rid of it. He gave us the answer. That's amazing. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.